Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. another episode of WA Expose, a podcast about local arts by local artists. I'm your host, Aria Scarlett, with the immense privilege of recording this podcast on Wajak Nungabuja. Today's guest is a 19-year-old performing artist based in Burlu, Perth, focusing on the mediums of drag and burlesque. Much of their work revolves around conceptual numbers and artistic expression. She is highly stylized and referential, continuing to use her drag to show off her ideas and letting audiences take a small peek into her brain. Her work is avant-garde and leans into the artistic, commonly playing with storytelling and character building. And I have to put in a personal note here and just put the bio down for a second to say that I am such a big fan. Do not let the age of this incredible artist fool you. I am talking with Maven. How are you, gorgeous? Hi, I'm doing super well. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm so excited about this chat. Mm, I really am. I'm hypnotized by the Fast and the Furious (laughs) (laughs) team. It's actually my partner's and we bought it like as a joke and now I I wear it all the time. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it's like one of those things, you know, like when you say lol and it's like ironic, it's, ironically. Yeah. And then eventually you go, oh, this is a part of my vocab now. That's the vibe I got with this t-shirt. That's exactly what it has. Immediately I was like, there is no way that you have seen like nine plus No, absolutely not. About Brum no. Brum Car. <laughs> uh, I know that The Rock is involved in it now. Something's happening. But okay. I'm not watching the movies. No. Mm-hmm. No, there's like a thousand. And then they, they go like, oh, it's non-canonical. I, don't know that. <laughs> I should say there is another <laughs> shirt that my uh, that I bought from my partner, which is absolutely amazing, which is like 2016 photos, like terribly photoshopped of Katy Perry. <laughs> like the whole thing is Katy okay, Perry. But that's iconic. It's so good. Really it's great. so good. That's not ironic. That is an actual piece of art. I'm going to wear that on drag one day. Yes, yeah. please do. Like, <laughs> I bought this for my partner. It's mine now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, trying to get us back on track like a tiny little bit. So (laughs) we mentioned then that you're an incredible drag performer and one of my favorite people to watch. So for you, why drag? Well, uh, see, this is the thing. I was listening to Veruca's right before I got here (laughs) and uh, she was like, everyone's got such amazing, you know, and and it's true. And I really liked what she said, which was like, it takes all the boxes, Mm -hmm. you know, like for me, Drag was not about choosing drag and being like, I like what drag is about and this is what it was. But more that like, I liked so much stuff. And I was like, (laughs) I don't really want to have to choose. I'm indecisive. I don't want to. So I was like, what can I like choose under one big umbrella and then just like call it that thing. Drag is a way to force yourself to wear a thousand hats and you're like, I don't exactly. want to wear any hats. Yep. Like I've, like, I am in awe of drag performers because it's like, yeah, I'm a seamstress and a dancer and a choreographer uh, and I also mix and master my own audio and then I do this and this and I go, great, cool, I sing. Thank you so much for your time. I'm just going <laughs> to see myself out. I bring my one box and everybody's like, I've got 74 boxes sitting here. But I totally appreciate just being like, 
let's do an art form where I get to do all of the art forms. I just didn't want people to be like, who are you? And like, I never knew what to say. So I was mm. like, what can I give, give them something to say? In the buyer, yeah. Exactly. <laughs> so I was like, drag, yeah, there you go. Here you go. Yeah. Do you think that like with what you're doing now, at least for me personally, from an audience member's perspective, no, <laughs> mm. um, it leans more like performance art at the moment. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm much more commonly saying that I'm a performing artist now mm. uh, just because I think also when I'm talking with a lot of people who aren't necessarily within a scene or uh, like, you know, muggles as it were, <laughs> I, I'll just have to say like, oh, I don't I don't really want to say I'm a drag queen because I'm not the mm. thing that they think of when they think drag queen. Fair, And yes. then if I say like burlesque artist, sometimes they don't know what burlesque is totally. actually. Mm -hmm. But um, other times it's like, well, and I'm not exactly like, I'm dressing up as a piece of pasta and I'm like, yeah. we're, you know, wiggling <laughs> on stage. Like, it's not exactly what they think of burlesque And I promise somebody pays me money to do that. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> so I have to just like tell them, I'm like a performing artist and like if they mm. ask more questions then I'll go into it, but… Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Performance artist is one of those terms that is all encompassing but can probably be like the wankiest term. Exactly, right? Yeah. What do you do? Oh, I I'm create a performing artist. Yes, I create performance art pieces. Like, <laughs> what? What? People automatically think of like those art installations where like somebody's in a box for 6 days and you watch them sleep. Honestly, like, I'm not far off it though. <laughs> I'm not far off it. Oh my gosh, I'm getting is this there. An insider scoop? Exactly right. Watch Maven sleep in a glass <laughs> tube this Friday <laughs> for seven days. Yeah, exactly. Straight. Yeah, great. <laughs> Let's see what happens. I'll tell you what happens. Suffocation. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um. So for you, like, what drew you into performing arts at, at all? Like, what was the spark? I have. I do not remember a time I didn't love like performing. Oh. I like ever since I was a kid, I was always wanting to do like theater and stuff. And I always like had my like toe dipped in somewhere. And when I came to Australia, when I was like seven or eight, like um, I think it was my mom at the time, like introduced me to ballroom dancing. And then I just did that for like a long time. Mm. So like even when I wasn't doing theater, even though I was still doing like drama and stuff through school, um, I always was like doing some form of performance. Yes. And that was my original plan. I was always like, I'm going to do WAPA. I'm going to like go off and do theater. Um, and that's what I'm going to do. Yes. And then <laughs> life took a huge left turn and like, you know. That's, it is what it is. Totally. I mean, I, I actually fully respect because that was, was and it was my plan. And that's like, I'm going to this university and I will do this degree. And then at the end of it, I will have all of the contacts and all of the people and I will be a successful superstar. Thank yes. you so much for your time. I've mapped out my entire existence Yeah, <laughs> based on like the training side of it. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Which I think the thing that goes over a lot of artists' heads initially, mine especially, was like, no, that's the training. That's not like you coming out of the institution is just like the foundational training. It's not like, it doesn't mean anything. Yep. It means you did the training. You went to school. Yeah. You went to school. Yeah. That doesn't mean that you were like completely ready to be the full Glamazonian Airways woman. Glamazonian Airways. <laughs> I was like, where am I going with this? I'm going to be an Airways. air hostess. Although, yes. Barbie, Barbie. If anything has been taught, is that yeah. you can do it all. You can do it you all. You can serve tiny bags of peanuts to rich people. <laughs> You can and look absolutely gorgeous doing it. I, I will say, I would hate being on that flight and being like, like having to like touch on my makeup, it, like how many feet in the air. I, like, honestly, mm. not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> Some of them are air Some hostesses. Of them go to on, Plot, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So, um, I, you know, that is 
wild whatsoever. For, for, anyone, for anyone not knowing what we're talking about, we're talking about uh, it's, it's the World Pride World flight. Because World Pride this year is in Sydney. Yeah. And there are queens from all of the different states, like literally doing these air hostess jobs mm. as queens and kings. And it's a very cool concept. Um, I love how you were like, I don't know if I could touch my makeup in the sky. I was literally thinking, I don't know if I could be a passenger on that flight. <laughs> Because I'd gush the whole time. Like Barbie would be like, and do you need anything? And I'm like, no, I've oh, never needed no. anything from you. I would you be ever. like trying to get some sleep. Like, you know, it's going to be the biggest weekend of anyone's life. Mm-hmm. And you're like trying to get some sleep. Meanwhile, he's like, you know, maybe, maybe, maybe. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh my gosh. You're trying to have a nap. I mean, can you imagine everybody gets dressed up to go on that yeah. one flight? That time, you, you know, normally you wear like Ugg boots and your worst clothes and your hair's all shit. And you're uh-huh. like, just get me on the plane. It's a 19 hour flight. It's five hours. Calm down. Um, <laughs> But this time is the one time you're like, no, sorry, I have to be in full glam. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Sequin gown. Like, yeah. yeah. If I'm going to be anywhere near these beautiful divas, I have to be <laughs> glammed. <laughs> okay. So I wanted to actually talk about ballroom dancing. Oh, I've yes. I've never had, like, the pleasure of talking to someone in ballroom dancing before. He's had, like, like, that background, like, in, yeah. in like, ballroom. Yeah, yeah, like, yeah. Dun, dun. I've had it. Ugh. Uh, we're doing um, Barbie Ken poses yes. <laughs> like, mm. with the arms. It's very wooden. Mm. Um, what was your experience in, like, was it a competitive experience for you? Definitely. I, I was barn dancing ever since I was, like, seven-ish. Mm. And then I probably started competing when I was, like, uh, 10 or 11. So basically as soon as you got to Australia, it was, like, ballroom. Yeah, only a few months, really. Wow. Because, like, I was never a sporty kid. I remember, like, I have a few experiences of, like, I went to do T-ball and I was like, I'm too cold. And I like went and I was like, I was like seven in in the States, like getting up and I was like, I'm too cold. And I went to my parents and I was like in the blanket. (laughs) And then I remember like they tried to get me to play golf and then they like found me under a tree and I was like, it's too hot. That's so funny because it is too hot and too cold in ballroom. Oh. Because when you walk in, it is frigid air conditioning to the max. But the moment you start dancing, you're too hot. Yeah. So why? So I, <laughs> I so you know, I think I was just a little gay kid. And I was just like, yeah. no, ballroom dancing's perfect. This is, this it. is the perfect. Um, but I was, I Goldie competed. Goldilocksing? Yeah, exactly. I, I like competed for um, quite a few years and um, I was pretty good at it. Yeah. I was very, I was really yeah. good at it. Uh, and honest, honestly, what it was, was when you get to a certain age, it gets very hard to interact with other people at the same age as you. Yes. Um, and it got very difficult to, uh, like practice with partners. And Mm. I think it's also very difficult at that time where, uh, people's priorities change a lot. Like they're just finding themselves. I was like probably like 15 or 16 and the partner that I was with at the time, I could just tell she did not want to be dancing. And oh. here's me, like, I was I was really pushing for it. And so, basically, I was, like, after that point, I was, like, I'm, I'm done. I'm going to take a rest. Yeah. 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 So, the partnership thing in ballroom is really interesting to me. It's, like, you paired off and it's, like, that is the person you're going to dance with for X amount of times. Or is it just one dance? Like, how does that work? Well, most of the, so if it's casual, like you, you might have someone that you dance with regularly. It's like, it's mm-hmm. kind of like any other form of dancing, yep. but you know, you just have to be partnered. So like casually, whatever, when you go competitive, most of the time you just dance with one person. Yeah. Um, you don't really dance with other people and you're usually known as like a, a pair. Right. So, okay. it, you know, um, people would know you by your like full name cause you'd be announced when, you know, when, uh, medals get done. Mm. So it'll be like, you know, blah, 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 blah. Like, uh, 
I'm, it's weird because I don't go by my normal name anymore. Fred Bob Jones yeah, dancing Fred Bob with Jones Amelia with, and yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and so then everyone will kind of know you as like, oh, you're X person and X person. Like mm-hmm. you're uh, Sammy and Sarah or whatever. Yeah, of course. So when that person starts to fall out of love with the with no, the no, 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 it's not romantic at all. Oh no, with the game, like with doing ballroom. Oh yes, when yes, they yes. start to not be like in in love with ballroom anymore, it's it's hard, right? I wouldn't say it's like falling out of love with ballroom. It's like different levels of commitment. Mm, okay, like yeah. I like a really good example was like my ballroom teacher wanted to go pro. And I think uh, and like was so intense about going pro. Um but like his partner wasn't there like didn't want to. Was a very great dancer. They mm. did really really well, but they weren't wanting to conquer the world. Yeah. Um so it's just like different levels of commitment. Mm-hmm. I could tell in the situation that I was, I was just with someone who did not want to dance and their parents wanted them to dance Ugh, and that's hard you know it was you know but i was really committed i wanted to win the states win the nationals mm. and you know become a really great dancer so it was more just like a, a difference in commitment and yeah. th- that just happens in any sort of partner dance oh completely that yeah. happens in any sort of sport that happens in every band that's exactly. ever been formed in any garage ever like yeah. that, that's just like any artistic pursuit, there's always different levels of people's commitment with it. But it can be really difficult to part ways, especially when you've gotten a name mm. that's stuck together. And the thing is, there aren't that many boys in ballroom dancing. Mm. So, like, as soon as I stopped dancing with her, it was like I got offers for, like, oh, a bunch of different course. people. Who wanted. So, like, I think it was only, like, maybe last year or two years ago where I stopped getting offers. Like, people would be like, oh, I know that you're not really dancing anymore, but, like, we've got this girl from China who's moving over. Like, right. you know, it would be, like, that sort of thing. Um, what was I going to say? I was going to say something, but sorry. No, it's fine. Yeah, uh, it can it. be really difficult to, like... It goes the other way around as well. It goes the other way around. Yes. Where um, I... One of the reasons why I didn't go back mm. was uh, I knew that I didn't want to commit 100%. I'm busy doing other things now. Yeah. So... I didn't want to go back because I knew whatever uh, girl that I'd probably be dancing with, they would probably be extremely committed. Mm. There aren't that many guys, you know, um, so you really have to work at it. And so one of the reasons I didn't enter back was um, because I wasn't as committed as before and I knew that I wouldn't be able to give 100% to that person. And that's not fair on them No, that's that's a super valid reason to not go back, but like in a kind of a holistic way, kind of sucky because it's like, well, I— would like to dance or yeah. like whatever part of you wants to still like do that artistic expression. Mm-hmm. And there's that block in the way because you need a partner. Yeah. Aww. It's still fun when I get but to do it though. I was, yeah, I was going to say you just came off doing like this incredible routine at Mixed Burlesque as well. Yeah. So you got to like dip your toe back in the waters there. How was that for you? That was so much fun. Um, Coco Fatal, thank you so much for having me. <laughs> uh, she had me for her uh, unique and I was her her ballroom dancing, samba dancing buddy. Yeah. And um, honestly, like, we put that together so quickly. Really? Oh, yeah. Because it looked like, I mean, well, then again, I'm, I'm no ballroom dancer, so I was like, oh, my God, months, months <laughs> and months, knowing that they only got their offers in, like, April and were doing the show in June. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, I'm trying to remember how many practices we actually got in, but I feel like it might have been, like, four, four or five and maybe, like, wow. an hour each. Like Jesus. Um. I think one of the good things about ballroom dancing is like when you know the figures, mm. when you know the different parts, you can just kind of like mishmash it together and then the other person can kind of like, oh, okay, I know what's happening here. Yeah. And you have the movements in your body. So it was actually very easy to like put together. Um, 
Do I think it could have been cleaned up? But that's just my ballroom <laughs> eye. That's my ballroom eye. And that's yes. me being critical of myself. Yeah. Um, but like, I was very impressed with how much we got done mm. in such a short amount of time. I was like, wow, this really like came together and I had the best time. And thank you so much for Coco Fidel for having me. Yes, and I had the best time. And then we did that. We did a PIBF mm-hmm. recently, which was so much fun. I got a to totally meet. different stage too. Cause you go from the Astor theater, which yeah. is a beautiful stage, but that little bit of carpet makes me grind my gears. Something shocking. Um, I've done still walking on that stage before. And mm. <laughs> honestly, I, okay. I, I do have to say like ballroom dancing is a very specific type of floor. It's like, wooden floor and like you know no seams like you got to make sure that it's very smooth and a lot of the time it's still slippery so they'll put wax on the floors to make sure that's great for ballroom dancers and like you have to make sure that dust stays off the floors and And we went from the aster which was a mix of a wooden floor and carpet Uh which we were dancing on carpet a a lip yeah, yeah with a lip and uh court which is basically like like a concrete, concrete tile. <laughs> yes. So we are yet to actually perform that on a floor. <laughs> You like yet to do it in like ideal conditions. On, on an ideal condition. So I'm waiting for the day. Um, but I think I think we we did really, really well. And I'm very, very proud of Coco because I understand the undertaking that that that, that routine <laughs> went through. Yeah. And I just like, you know, showed up and was able to like wiggle a little bit mm. and have a lot of fun. Yeah, so. and, and I'm sure for Coco it was just like another box in like the huge yes. world of everything you have to take from exactly. Expert. So it was a very good number. Yeah. Um I always love talking in depth about a number that I don't know if people who are listening have seen or have any idea what I'm talking about. <laughs> like, well, that's just, how come you haven't seen everything my eyeballs have seen? Exactly. That sucks for you and I'm going to describe it a bunch and leave you wanting. Um, <laughs> that's just another reason to go to Maven's Instagram right now. Yeah. <laughs> Get the plugs in early. Um, so when you're performing a career – as like as an adult, which understandably has like been kind of short up until mm. now, but you've undergone like a lot of like changes into the way that like Maven performs to the public. Mm. What do you think has instigated you trying all of these different hats on? Like you've done like fire and burlesque and circus yeah. and all of these things. I think I think one of the reasons why I'm so willing to is because I understand how early it is. Mm. Like I think I I want to sh- sh- first of all show that I can. Um, be flexible and learn a lot of things and, you know, change and evolve. But I'm also going like, I don't know where I will settle and I don't know how I will evolve. And um, this kind of like reputation for being unique and different is something that I carry quite close to my chest because I'm Mm. going like, I'm consistently trying to improve myself and be the best that I can and learn as many skills as possible, which is where my name comes from, Mm. you know? Um, I just want to be be the best person that I can be both skills wise and like virtue wise. And so um, that's why I'm just like so willing to try different things. And even now, like I'm always like thinking of, well, how can I show something that I haven't put on stage before? What's something that, what are skills that I haven't shown yet? Or, you know, all that Mm. sort of stuff of going, what's, what's new to me? What am I inspired by? What? Yeah. Yeah, and was like so obviously coming up through the pond and replay pandemonium pandemic. Mm. Um, do you think that that sort of gave you more or less access because like you would have had like obviously internet exploration in terms of like what you can dive into, but less time to go physically encounter performers and shows and stuff. I think one of the reasons why um, I have been so kind of like 
different to a lot of the performers here in Perth is because I was watching so much before I came into the scene. Mm. Um, I remember like just on the makeup side of things, I would be like watching makeup tutorials and I would like slow them down and like see what products they're using and I like go down to that depth and then like, <laughs> you know, try different things on my face and like, okay, this isn't working. Like what else can I do? Like what is someone else doing? And I would like go through so much content in mm. this like short amount of time. And um, I think the like 2020 was the year where I really um, committed. I really went, yes, yep. I want to do drag. Like let's take this seriously. Mm-hmm. Like let's start getting some form of consistency down, which is probably not what I should have been doing because I was in year 12, <laughs> like sitting at home. And instead of like studying, I was like sewing. I was like learning how to sew, you know. Well, I mean, what do you still use currently? Exactly, right? <laughs> I'm not doing spec math sheets. I'm sewing. <laughs> uh, thank you very much. Um, no, but I I think one of the reasons why is I, I consumed so much media mm. before um, I came in and I don't even remember what the question was. <laughs> That's okay. I was enjoying the journey we were going on. Yeah. No, we we're talking about the idea of like time as a commodity, basically. Oh, and um, you've had like less quote unquote time, but you've been able to consume so much in that short period of time and how it's affected you as an artist. I'm not sure whether I want to put this in yet. I will say that right now. Mm-hmm. But um, I want to have this conversation with you anyway. So Yes, totally. Oh. Have this conversation with me and then just tell me to cut it. That's yeah. fine. Yeah. Um, but 2020, uh, 2021, when I came into the scene officially in March, when I turned 18, mm. um, that was when Quack. got canceled. Yeah. That was when all the stuff happened. And so, like, I was this new queen on the scene who got a couple gigs under her belt through various things. And um, people were looking for BIPOC performance at the time. Mm, and so mm-hmm. and so I got quite a few opportunities from that. And I think like that really got my ball rolling of like thinking in this space of um, of making producing work that's tailored for that specific um, scene. Uh, like especially now, last year I was watching quite a bit of Drag Factory. I was going quite consistently. Mm. And um, a lot of queens cut their teeth on that stage. Yep. And I was going, I don't have that sort of like frame of reference or context at all. Just because I was never um, cutting my teeth on that crowd. I was never uh, learning through that context and yes. yeah. uh, that way of doing drag. So I just never developed that way. Mm. Uh, so I think one of the reasons why I have been able to develop in the way that I have so quickly is just because I've had a lot of, I've been able to do that faster than I guess other people have, mm. which I'm very grateful for. Um, but it does make me feel like a bit like, oh, like I don't, I don't know whether I should feel a certain way about that. <laughs> it's really interesting. I, I um, I am one of those people who, with hindsight, looks back on that moment and sees it as an immense positive for our scene. Mm. Um, it was really our shit or get off the pot moment. Yes, like do something or shut up and stay behind. And Very for that, that exact reason, um, the Perth art scene in terms of like our ability, our inclusivity, our acceptance and all of that stuff has like surpassed a lot of other cities in the country, if I do say so myself, um, because we were forced to. Totally. Like we didn't have the choice. It was either like you do that and you make active changes in a positive direction or shut the fuck up and just continue to be behind everybody else. Totally. Um, yeah. So I, I now, I, I then who knew what it was it was a crazy soup but now I see it as like a positive for the Perth art scene but I also see it as something that like we haven't in- gifted to our audiences yet 
Mm, what do you mean by that? Well, okay. <laughs> I'll try not to rant for too long about it, but I think that we've done it in an insular way where yep. we've done it like within artists, which is amazing and needed to happen, but we haven't done that to our audiences yet. We haven't like gifted them like this opportunity of being like, see all of this incredible artists, like see these amazing performers um, and be a part of this experience with us because at the moment we're still doing this um, insular thing where the cast that is on one weekend is the audience next week. Mm. And we sort of like keep swapping the same oh, I know $30 what you, I back know what and you forth. Mean. I know exactly what you mean. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah, yeah. although we're like, like proudly shouting all of this incredible stuff as we should be, we haven't like brought totally. audiences along that journey yeah, with us yeah, yeah. yet. And I think that's like, mm. I don't know how to do that by the way. Like I don't have the answer to how we, do, how we fix it. I'm just projecting problems oh, with no solutions, but. It's interesting yeah. to like have a chat about. And I, I do think, I, I think it's, it, it that's just like how the economy of like shows works mm. in her. Mm-hmm. And I think it's, you know, I don't think that that should be completely shut down just no. for the f- fact that like, this is what's keeping our art scene alive. <laughs> like if we're not swapping the same $30 back and forth. Oh yeah, we're not we're having done. shows. We're done, like, it's over, it's over. <laughs> Um, so, and, and I'm so grateful because it means that we can have chats on, um, on podcasts such as this and, you know, listeners will know what they're talking, when, what, you know, number that you're talking about, Mm. or, uh, I can mention, you know, Veruca on the pod and people will know, I mean, obviously she's been on the pod before, (laughs) but like, you know, people will know who I'm talking about. Mm. Um, so I, I do think that it is extremely important, um, but finding ways of externalizing that, because I also think that it was a lot of attention on Perth at that one specific time. Totally. And it was like a bunch of people who had never heard of the city before going like, you know, like. Fuck this city. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so, you know, I, I think that uh, finding a way to externalize that would actually be extremely helpful. Mm. And um, I'm always curious to see how, for example, like the season three cast will transpire. Totally. And like yeah. um, how various levels of exposure will kind of guide Perth and yeah yeah how it yeah will impact us and I think that it's like even externally a good way to see where we're at is to like look at how say our corporate gigs are evolving Mm. like obviously our alternative scene and our grungy scene and our deliciousness has to still be there it is the lifeblood it is like the place where a lot of incredible ideas are birthed yeah cherry bomb fantastic example of like one of those spaces that does that on 100%. a regular basis yeah, yeah. um that if we look at shows at the corporate level if we can start and we are starting to see it if we're starting to see like the diversity the inclusivity and all of the beautiful stuff start to seep into there then we know i think that we've started to impact a greater audience yeah totally um so that's my rant <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, everybody, for coming. Um, Like, I don't do this every single time. No, it's a conversation that has been in many performers' mouths. Like, Mm. I, you know, this is not the first time. This is not the first time we've probably had this conversation. (laughs) It's probably just the first time we've had this conversation with each other. Totally. But, like, everyone's had a form of this conversation multiple times. Yeah, so So. let's try. I'm going to try really hard to have a different type of conversation with you when we come back from our break. Everyone knows therapy is great for solving problems, but getting therapy has its own problems too, like finding the right therapist, fitting into their schedule, and of course, the cost. Well, BetterHelp can solve those problems. It's totally online and built around your schedule. It's surprisingly affordable too. 
connect with a credentialed therapist by phone, video, or online chat, all from the comfort of your home. Visit BetterHelp.com to learn more and save 10% on your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. And we're back. I'm still looking at the absolutely stunning Maven in their Fast and the Furious supercharged t-shirt. With a bus? Is that a bus? That's I actually a bus. have not looked at this at all. Okay, so I, I'm just having a very particular experience. I'm pretty sure there's a bus, a car, a helicopter, a truck with teeth, and yeah. another helicopter. Mm. And it's even got like silver screen printing. It's like silver. Oh! Have you ever seen that on t-shirt? Someone spent money on this t-shirt. I know, right? <laughs> I'm like, oh, I've never seen silver like on a t-shirt like this. Mm. It's something. <laughs> It is definitely something. I'm having a <laughs> the glam pose. My yes. partner's gonna listen to this episode and go, "Why do they spend so long talking about my T-shirt?" Because it's really important that people understand that this glamazon is wearing a Boston Furious <laughs> T-shirt. I think that that matters. That <laughs> it's called WA Expose. Yeah. I'm exposing, exposing your T-shirt. Yeah. Um, okay, so I did. Just before we went to break, I don't know. Said a bunch of shit. You said a bunch of shit. Mm-hmm. It was very important. Everything you said, uh, I blabbed. But I think I'd like to talk about like positive ways we can influence the Perth scene now with all of the incredible knowledge that you have yeah. behind you and moving forward. Uh, what do you want to see Perth do? Well, first and foremost, I have to say, I'm 19. Uh-huh. I don't know anything about the world. <laughs> I'm a little teenager and like, that's so you fair. know, yeah. I just pop my head in. That's pretty much all I've done, you know? Yeah, of course. Um, oh my God. Anything you say is from your perspective only. <laughs> you are not speaking for anybody yeah. but you. So I'm just like, I don't know whether, um, I think that I'm not going to say anything original. Like, I'll put that out there. Um, Obviously, on the topics that we were talking about before, I would love to see more diversity within the Mm -hmm. space. I would love to see, uh, you know, more various different bodies, various different, um, you know, I want to see more disabled representation on stage. Mm. I want to see, obviously, uh, more racial diversity on stage, more various bodies on stage, more just like everything (laughs) Yes, um, on stage. Because I think that... uh, Perth is kind of like coming around to that. And mm. I think Perth is ready for it. Yes. And um, I think we as artists are always, you know, pushing boundaries and taking that little step further. And for audiences, as they've been able to expand their horizons um, in expecting, you know, various things and mm. going, we're not just going to watch like the standard show. Yeah. Like actually going out and seeing the different shows. Um, I think they're ready to be pushed even further. Yeah. Um, we can't treat audiences like they're dumb. Yeah, exactly. And I think that there is a lot of pandering to the idea that like audiences only want a certain thing. Mm-hmm. Whereas like I love my audiences and they're really smart, wonderful people. And I'd like, I'd like us all to treat our audiences yeah. as such. Yeah. yeah, it's a part of respecting, you know, mm. the, but the two sides of conversation. Totally. 
Um, so I think that that is that is one of the biggest things. I think uh, the conversations that are happening between different scenes is really cool at mm. the moment. Um, I feel so grateful that I guess I'm able to start to be like, I'm a performing artist. And like, sure, I'm associated with the Dragon Burlesque world, but I'm also just like doing my thing. Mm. And I, you know, I learn my skills from these these uh, communities. Uh, and I think that that has to do with the direct impact of these scenes having a chat with each other and um, being able to integrate in a really, really great way. It's interesting because I think with where I've been at, so first of all, when it comes to performing and all that sort of stuff, I get overwhelmed very, very quickly. Mm. There can be like nothing in front of me and I will just be like, I have so much to get done. Like, <laughs> this, this is too much. And I'm like, it's, it's fine. Like, mm-hmm. you can, you know. Um, so for me, when, when New Year's happened, I was out um, doing a couple things. I was out like playing um, Metropolis and I was doing uh, Magnet and my partner was with me. And uh, she was like, oh, like, what do you, like, what do you have any New Year's resolutions? And I said, well, I don't really have any New Year's resolutions, but I would really just like to, everything that's on my plate right now, I really would just like to do really well. And I think that's really it. Like, Oh, yes. I love that. Yes. Like, I don't think I necessarily have any, like, goal, like, yes, I have goals, but like, I just want to do what I have in front of me really well. Mm. Um, And I want to be proud of the stuff that I'm, I'm putting out and be happy with the progress that I've made. I think it's less about the what and mm. the this is the thing coming up and this is the, but more just going, I did this and I really like this and I really like what I've put forward. And these are the things that I can change and these are the things that I can improve. Uh, but I'm proud of myself for this and I'm happy with what I put on stage. Um, so I think that's like, that's what it is. I really like just that. Just being settled in yeah. myself. Yeah, it, it's just, yeah, I want to finish these things before I plan for world domination. Exactly. Thank you so much. Yes. <laughs> Even if it's like small tasks, doing those tasks like the best of your ability. Yeah, mm. like what more can you want? There's no point creating three new acts if you've not um, finished doing the costuming for the one you've got this weekend. <laughs> like there's just no point. Although, <laughs> not to say that I probably won't do that. <laughs> oh yeah, that's like a big part of it. We can all we can, <laughs> we can all self-therapize yeah. forever. <laughs> I will forever start a project that I will not finish. <laughs> um, but yeah, just like doing what I, I can and doing it well. Yes, yeah. that's very beautiful and very yeah. simplistic, and I love it. Uh, what about for people who would, like, say, want to start drag in 2023? What advice would you have for them? Mm. For fresh faces. I think there is something about drag, and I think it's part of the culture, and I think it's part of the way that we, uh, like, I think it's part of the history of drag and part of the the way that we've, consumed it and also the way that we understand how to continually put stuff out as artists which is like there needs to come a point where you just do it Ooh, there needs yeah. to be that there needs to be that tipping point and I was definitely someone who was very like nervous and like I needed to make sure that everything was right before like beforehand mm-hmm. and um my biggest advice is like like just just go out and do it and uh, especially if you're trying to get out into this performing scene and, uh, you know, like, like really throw your hat in the ring, like just throwing yourself at the wall at, as hard as you possibly can and being 
um, like solid in that and mm. and just like being enthusiastic. Enthusiastic yeses, you know? Yes. Um, it. I think that'll bring you far. I noticed when I joined the scene here, um, you know, I'd been working at, you know, small things like my face and like costuming and stuff for a little bit throughout high school. But the amount of progress that I made from in the first like six months of doing drag out in the scene, mm. insane. Mm-hmm. Like, I really think that I was able to absorb a lot of the things around me and really look at um, the performers within Perth and have a chat to them about the way that they do things. And so I think if you're able to go into things with an enthusiastic yes and look at the people around you and go, oh, wow, I really like this part or, oh, this is, you know, this is something that um, I can really look to. Mm. Um, that'll help you a lot. It'll it'll bring you very far of just of just staying like quite uh, steadfast in it. Yes, and the idea that that would mean that failing wouldn't be the end. No. Oh my gosh. Yeah. If I was like oh, I I had a really <laughs> big flop recently actually at Death of Glitter. Sorry about it. Um but like it was too windy upstairs at, at Connie's and my whole number mm-hmm. was ruined. Like oh. my whole number was ruined like and then uh, another really big one, which ironically was also upstairs at Connie's. <laughs> uh, but uh, Odyssey at Oddball, I like completely flopped. And that was in, within my like first like six to seven months of doing drag. Like nothing was coming off. It was just like a like, oh, and it was like super embarrassing for me. I was like, oh, my gosh. And I get my in my feelings about that sort of thing. Yes. I really hold it. Yeah. If anyone knows me that well, they will know like I will feel a certain type of way mm-hmm. about it. Yeah. Uh, and I really shouldn't like hold it too much because I'm like it's an event. Things happen. Like yes. I'm still learning as an artist. Wind is illegal person. though. Like yeah. I've had those gigs where it's like you'll be singing on a beach at oh! sunset, and you're like, yeah, that sounds pretty for the photos. But then the whole time she's like, over yep. the microphone. Mm-hmm. I'm sorry, sand blowing in your face. Yep, sand in the face, flies in the eyes. Uh-huh. Fantastic, really glamour. Um, but the wind going that hard against the microphone that it's like I can't hear me. Yeah, they can't hear me at all. This is great. This is fantastic. Or when they can hear you, it's so shaky that it just doesn't matter anyway, and the whole perception of you is like completely ruined. It's not. It's not. Like, calm down. <laughs> yeah. So, um, you know, don't don't be afraid of failure. It'll it'll happen, and when it does. You know, you can take it on the chest and go like, "This is a this is a huge learning opportunity." Mm. Yeah. Also, something that uh, is only really understood in hindsight too. So, yes. like, if you do have that moment where you get in your feelings about it and you get like really sore about it, I think understanding and going, "This feeling is valid." Mm. I understand that I'm having this feeling. Uh, it's how I react and respond to this feeling that could become like the negative, or could like the next step that I take is what matters. Exactly. Like, I can be having all the feelings in the world about the wind or about the costume not coming off right or whatever it is. Yeah. But if my response to that is to like get online and slur at somebody or if my <sighs> response to that is to like decide that I'm never ever performing again or if my response to that is to blame everybody else in the situation but myself, then like that, those are choices. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I, you know, I, I – th- think regardless of who you are and how much experience you have we are also learning as human beings mm-hmm. and um i'm just grateful that i have the opportunity to and be able to go out there and go do it and you know a lot some some people just don't have that luxury whether it's not even like simple things of like not being able to afford 
makeup and costumes mm-hmm. or not having the time to be able to do that and them having to focus on other things. Like there's a there's a variety of reasons and I'm just grateful that I get to do it. Yeah. yeah. Time is a huge commodity and mm. yeah, we don't we don't all have the same 24 hours. Like we don't all have no, the same experience of time. It's also a gift yeah. to be able to, for example, take that day of rest. Mm. It's also a gift of time to be able to say, no, 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 I need this time for myself. Mm. I need this space to, um, you know, hang out with friends or uh, spend time with family. I have to get better at that. <laughs> yeah, I know. Yeah, it's something that I've had to learn. I'm saying all this because I need to internalize that myself <laughs> as well. Yeah, all the advice that like I've ever thrown out in the world is just me being like, Aria, are you listening? <laughs> exactly. Are you listening right now? Yeah. Um, so, you know, there's that's the other side of it. It's mm. like, you know, um, use that for yourself as well. I think that that's such a powerful and poignant spot to leave it. What are your pluggables for all the people so they can follow you for all of the wisdom and advice that you <laughs> that you have to give. Come um, follow me on at The Only Maven. I don't know when this is coming out. When is this coming out? Oh, God. Um, hopefully before June Delap, if that helps. Come see me at WA Expose. <laughs> oh, oh, yeah, that's it. <laughs> Are they going to know about it? Yeah. Okay, know. work. Gonna yeah, gonna come see me at WA Expose. Yeah. I think I, I should have a new act by then. If I don't, then what have I done? <laughs> Um, been at fringe this whole yeah time. exactly um, I'll have a new act by then why not yeah I, you know as the producer of that show I will hold this this is your black <laughs> like hey do you remember you said you, you have said a new this. act for me you have a new act you um, I will say this has been in the talks for how long now ever since I started drag mm-hmm. like I literally I remember I don't think I think I had done my first gig that's mm. it, probably. Yep. And I think I dragged you for coffee. Yeah. 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 We like, were sitting in the old Levine, mm-hmm. which is now closed down. Yep. Um, R.I.P. R.I.P. <laughs> Levine. Well, that was all pointless. But as always, everyone, if you like this podcast, you can like us on social media, rate and subscribe on your favorite podcasting app, or send us a question to waexposepod at gmail.com. And we'll ask our next incredible guest. Thank you so much, Maven, yeah, for joining me. Thank you. WA Exposé is an independent production. Our artwork was created by Georgia Sassenfeld and our theme music is Corrosive by Aria Scarlett and M. Burrows. You can find out more about the podcast or live shows at ariascarlett.com forward slash WA Exposé. I'm, I'm just going to be like, because my brain, if I think too much about like I'm being recorded and stuff. No, please just <laughs> So I'm just chat. like, we're having a conversation. Yeah. Yeah. Totally. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.